T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Vacation. That's uh, who did we say that was? PJ, the Go Go's. Uh, John Hancock here because, well, I'm never on vacation. <laughs> Joined tonight by our good friend Braxton Payne. He always does the What's Trending segment on late nights with Hancock and Kelly, which is usually Monday nights. But it wasn't Monday night because we carried the NCAA. So instead of Monday night, we're Tuesday night. But that doesn't matter. <laughs> what matters is somebody is not here because somebody. Is on vacation. It's a it's a rare event, Braxton, when Michael Kelly somehow finds squeezes out a few days to get out of town, and he's done it again. But he joins us right now on the celebrity guest line here at the Voice of St. Louis, brother. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I've had a lovely day down here have in uh, South Florida. The Cardinals have finished their their last game, John. They're headed north, and I'm staying south. Uh, how about well you've been going south for years uh so uh how, how did the ball you saw a couple of games i guess while you were down there how do, how do they look to you they look sharp man jordan hicks looks really sharp yeah well it, you know there's... i mean what do you want me to do do you want me to sit here and assess this team the way that you would i didn't know all the guys names well... i can tell you that the other day uh, on the field we had some of the most interesting names in all of baseball we had stubby clap we had Pop Warner. Yeah. We had Lush, Lush. What? Lucius Fox. <laughs> okay. Lucius Fox. We, and uh, we had the best of them all, Strange Gordon. So are we? Uh, are we doing margaritas or uh, what's the? Uh, what's the imbibement? Tonight we went to the. We, listen, if you're li- if people are actually listening, I'm yeah. going to give them the biggest secret about Jupiter, Florida. Okay. The best restaurant in Jupiter, Florida, yeah. is a place called Captain Charlie's Reef. Oh, yes. And it is a hole-in-the-wall-looking place. It's in like a strip mall. But I'm telling you, it is the best restaurant down here. And this evening, I went there and, and had a yeah. lovely time. So I've had the pleasure to go on vacation with you several times, Michael. And I will say, <laughs> you are the biggest creature of habit I have ever met. I mean, you're going to be down there for a little bit. How many times do you think you'll go to that same restaurant? Oh, this is definitely a two-for visit. Because yeah. the food is so good, guys. It's like every day they write the menu out by hand 
with whatever fish they caught. He's like I mean, he's like the people that. in and like you know Naples that sit there and they they go to have the same breakfast, the same dinner at four thirty. Well, you clearly don't here because they're out there catching the fish every day. So is uh, <laughs> yeah, Captain every Charlie, day it's a different menu. Captain this Charlie guy just knows how to cook it. Captain Charlie himself goes out there in the boat. Is that is that how that works? know about that um i mean you've been down here you see how many people come in there so it's got to be more than just captain charlie himself but i think he's the one that curates the menus yeah and that's a foodie term what do you think of that yeah that's very nice have you ducked into jumby bay yet we did and i walked there today and adrian asked me she says are you playing pool this today and i said no i'm not <laughs> and she goes oh okay well then you must not have john with you <laughs> <laughs> look at that did you play any golden tea there yeah. No, I had some uh, some lunch there, and uh, I think that's all I did there. Yeah, some lunch and a I couple of drinks. It's got, it's got to be hard to remember at this point. <laughs> so, are we playing a well, lot? It of, is. Are, are we? Yeah, I understand. Are we playing a lot of golf yet? Uh, you and Barney playing golf? Golf starts tomorrow, John. Ooh. Golf starts tomorrow. What's uh, what's tea time? I'll, uh, uh, tea time uh, probably is going to be a nine holer tomorrow afternoon ah. because. Uh, Thursdays when the competition starts. Ooh, so there's oh. golf on Thursday, Saturday, and potentially Sunday, and, depending on what happens in the competition. And what competition is this? Are you playing in the Masters? Are you guys going down to Augusta and playing there? No, we're we have our own make believe competition, <laughs> and then we also watch the Masters. Um, I kind of uh, feel like you guys might be making fun of me. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, let me. Speaking of the Masters. I guess we're all still kind of up in the air about Tiger Woods, right? He, he looks like no, 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 no. He nope. announced today he's playing. Oh, he's playing. He's playing. Well, I had to work now, all now day, look. so I didn't have time to. Listen. Yeah. So if if on Thursday morning he wakes up and his knees all blown up, he isn't going to play. But otherwise, he's going. This was this was breaking news this morning down here in South Florida, John. Like seriously, like I'm watching the local news. And they've got Tiger Woods is going to play in the Masters on the local news. This is golf nuts down here. So obviously he believes he's going to be competitive. He, you know, he's. I don't think he gets into this tournament if he knows he doesn't have it. So this is going to be pretty fascinating. Right. Yeah. So he said in an interview um, today that he would not be here if he didn't think he could compete or have a chance to win the tournament. Now he said he was accepting limitations, etc. But if he didn't think if everything went right, he could put the game together and win, he said he would no longer play. So uh, so me and John, I don't think, know a whole lot about golf uh, on a day-to-day basis. Who's, who's well, favorite? I, you know, I don't like to talk, Grayson. <laughs> I do have a hole-in-one to break. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, who's I got favorited? a couple of those today at the putt-putt store. Uh, <laughs> too. Who's favorited to win the who's... Masters this weekend? Uh, I think it may be... Well, Scotty Scheffler is the number one player in the world, but I think it's—I don't know—I'd have to look at it. But who's who's, who's it's your favorite? Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy. I'd be rooting for Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, and I'm rooting for Tiger Woods, of course. Yeah, let me tell you what, what's going to happen. The little guy, yeah. the little guy, is going to blow everybody away this week in Augusta. Uh huh. You know who I'm talking. Said, you know who I'm talking. The little guy. What's his name? Mick Fleetwood. Um, Mick he, Fleetwood. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> if it's so, that if would you be had impressive. The, no wait, that's Tommy Fleetwood. Never mind. 
Tommy Fleetwood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna. I'm telling you, my European. money. Is, my money is on Fleetwood. And so, if so, if you he had, looks like a guy. He, he looks like a guy from um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. Just watch. I'm yeah. telling you. So, what else is on the agenda when you're down there in beautiful South Florida? What's the weather like? Are you guys there? Yeah, we're we're, yeah, right. we're here. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, we've been here the whole time, Michael. You're still here as well. Can you hear us? Well, oh. apparently we're having some technical difficulties with the Southern Studios uh, <laughs> down there in uh, sunny Florida, where, <clears throat> if you're just now tuning in, Michael Kelly has had a lovely dinner at Charlie's Reef Grill. You know, you know, John, there was a great story when you were down in South Florida about the actual studios at... Uh, when you guys, when you got lost going from Michael's condo in Jupiter over to the ballpark, when you did that, that was awful. Uh, oh, is he back? Oh, he's back. Oh, hey now, he's like Freddy Krueger. Uh, this guy. Uh, hey, you guys. Yeah. Hey, you guys. Yeah. It has been a long day. I'm uh, sensing you that. You guys got two hours of this stuff. Do you have a lot planned? Well, it's a it's an action packed show, Michael. We've got uh, Junior coming up with his uh, weekly update, and we're going to talk a little uh, Ukraine. Uh, a fascinating thread, a Twitter thread from Chris Pronger that we're going to dive into. Um, and then our regular visit with Sean Michael Lyle, the Getting to Know You segment. Talk a little Cardinal opening day. We'll have some election results from the municipal elections that took place today. And uh, we got all kinds of stuff to talk about. Braxton's are, got a are either of you going to opening day? I'm not, Braxton. I, I, I am, thanks to uh, to you. So I'm really looking forward oh, to doing well, that this well, I weekend. I didn't mean it for that purpose. I was trying to flush out whether or not Hancock was going to open. Yeah, I don't have a ticket. Nobody gave me a ticket, and I didn't buy a ticket. Really? Yeah. We, What's we, your favorite part of opening day, Hancock? Me? Well, yeah, you. this year it's going to be seeing Albert come in on the truck. I mean, yeah. because I said, I predict, just as I just predicted Mick Fleetwood would win the Masters, I predicted in December oh, of 2011 – that Albert Pujols would play his final season with the Cardinals, and here it is. <laughs> Normally, I don't get to get to go. Well, like I don't go to games early, but for Opening Day, I like to get there an hour early to watch all the festivities and everybody rolling on those uh, Ford trucks. What What's your favorite part? The Ford trucks, Michael. <laughs> I I think the favorite no. part is just the excitement. It's just like it's the start of spring. Uh, even though it's going to not be great weather on uh, Thursday, it looks like it's going to be 50 and cloudy. But I think everyone's just going to be excited. Yeah. It'll be the first time since 2019 guys, that we've really been back. There will be a, a little nip in the air. The, the most important part of opening day is the Clydesdales. Well, that's right. I mean, that's to be honest with you, the horses ought to be stomping around the city of St. Louis streets. Well, like, there's, it's just the potholes is the problem. <laughs> you, you don't want your Clydesdale yeah. stepping in a pile. Let's see, that's a big investment. It's more valuable than cars. Yeah. I mean, those those Clydesdales <laughs> aren't cheap. You know, they they got to go for, I don't know, $15, $20. I mean, they're, they're expensive. Uh, well, yeah. I certainly uh, don't want to keep you, and uh, but I do so appreciate the update from Jupiter, Florida. Was this uh, was this award-winning radio? Uh, buddy, it, it may be some of the finest... Uh, it was good, and uh, Braxton, but, keep an eye on him tonight. I, don't uh, let him. Don't let him get too nerdy on people. This is like late night stuff. He'll wanna. He'll wanna talk about snooker. 
and you know ronald reagan and woodrow wilson so force them to talk about some other stuff oh yeah no it's gonna be fine i mean it's not the same without you pal but uh i'm i'm happy for you i'm happy that you're enjoying yourself down there catching a few rays put put your sunscreen on yeah don't forget that and you only do this you only do this trip once you gotta live it up right yeah that's exactly yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, it's so so rare to get out of town all right i'm out of here all right that's michael kelly when we come back John Hancock Jr. with his weekly update. Wonder what's on his mind, and uh, I wonder if he's gone out to Charlie's Reef Grill for dinner tonight. Uh, We'll find out next on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Well, here we go. It's John Hancock, Braxton Payne alongside, sitting in for the vacationing Michael, well, the Michael Kelly, who's on assignment. Apparently, it's an assignment to eat as much as he possibly can get his hands on. Joining us now is our, well, he's our NFL insider, but he's much, much more than that. He's a He's a sportsman. He's an aficionado. He's moving to Chicago at the end of this month, and uh, I'm going to miss him because he is none other than John Hancock Jr. And we were, uh, well, we had the basketball game on last night, Jay. And uh, I recall you saying early on, this game is over. But indeed, it was not. Was that the most epic comeback in a finals that you've ever seen? Yeah, I think it was. And at halftime, I was about ready to turn the game off. I thought there was no way. It uh, looked like it was a classic Bill Self tournament choke job, disappearing act. And it almost was at the end of the game. Four seconds left, up by three. They get the ball and step out of bounds, give it to North Carolina. Uh, but, you know, credit to Kansas. They were able to mount the comeback and then hold off that charge at the end. What do you think did it? Was it the ankle injury uh, or was the Kansas just finally find their mojo? What was the difference in that second half? I think it had to be North Carolina just running out, running out of gas. Their game against Duke, one of the best college games I can remember, uh, certainly in recent memory. They gave it their all. Uh, Bakett was banged up. Uh, you had Mannix, and uh, he was getting hurt early in this Kansas game. I think they just ran out of gas. They were running on pure adrenaline and emotion coming off that Duke win. And it all kind of fell apart. Caleb Love went five for 24 from the field. Mm. They've kind of been ride or die with him all season, and it carried them through the tournament. Uh, but 
his shots weren't falling yesterday. Yeah, I think only had four points in the first half. Uh, have you been seeing today, you know, that I don't know the guy's name, that with the ankle injury to start, but then retwisted it in the final couple minutes. Have you been seeing online that there's rumors that the, the floorboards actually shifted um, when he was making that move? And that is the reason that he actually twisted his ankle. Yeah, so there was like one spot on the court. I think it was three different uh, North Carolina players all went down and slipped uh, with Bakett's re-injury being the worst one. A uh, little suspicious, but the fact that the big money was on Kansas, you know, not thinking anything insidious was going on there. Yeah, but they didn't cover, right? Kansas? No, can, no can, oh, yeah, good point. Kansas didn't cover. Yeah. So, so I, I think one of the things you're oh, talking yeah, about. So if, yeah, if anything, Vegas would have wanted uh, Kansas well, I know that at, at halftime, it was uh, money line was plus 550 for Kansas. I mean, that would have been an easy bet just to put a couple of dollars on to make it back. Um, but I know you're talking about going to bed. Did you know, John, this morning that uh, Chris Myhill, uh, the one of the biggest Kansas fans, that he went to bed at halftime and missed oh, his, you wow. know, his two sons yeah. go to Kansas. And I was listening this morning and he actually ended up going to bed and his wife woke him up at 1130 and said, hey, uh, Kansas actually won. Unbelievable. Poor guy. Well, let's that's see. tough. Yeah, he's a Kansas he, fan, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Paying tuition. for. All right, We kids. got the Masters coming up. Now, you've been uh, you've been back out there playing golf, shot a little bit last week weekend it took a took a lesson or two as well so you're getting back into the groove uh, i have boldly predicted tommy fleetwood to be the winner of the masters <laughs> that's, uh, that's just because you, you like the hair yeah oh and he's a little guy i mean you always root for the uh, underdog uh yeah. or the underside. favorites right now john rom and justin thomas uh then you got cam smith from australia up there mm-hmm. he's got some good hair too but the big story <laughs> obviously we got tiger woods coming back just 14 months after that car accident where I th- a lot of us, I think, were shocked that he could walk, let alone be alive, um, let alone be playing at Augusta 14 months later. Yeah, it's crazy. And um, and he said that if he gets in, he's, he's getting in because he thinks he can win it. Now, I'll, I'll yeah. be surprised if he... If he pulls up John Rahm, is he the, the who's the guy that Patrick, who's the guy that nobody likes? That's Patrick Reed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's not he's not discussed amongst the favorites. No, he's kind of faded in a couple of years. Uh, he got, got cut from the Ryder Cup team last time around. His game's starting to starting to deteriorate a little bit. But now he's in the middle of the pack. See, if you treat other people the way you want to be treated, then uh, things go better with you. And you're a jerk, as Patrick Reed is, uh, by all accounts. I don't know. Him. Back to back to Tiger. So he played his practice round on Monday with Fred Couples, who's coming oh. up on his 30th anniversary of winning the Masters in 92. And Fred Couples says he played with Tiger. He said he's going to compete in this thing. He's got a shot to win. Wow. Well, I'm, anybody that would know it would be Fred Couples. There's no question about that. So uh, your bold prediction is the winner. My bold prediction, uh, I'm going Cam Smith out of Australia. He's been he's been coming in hot. He's been close in some of these majors recently. Well, he um, just won the, uh, the the tour championship, right? Or the, yeah, I think so. Yeah, the Australian. See, you know, you got to be you got to be up to speed with all this stuff, Brax. When you you know, I don't. I'm not a big golf aficionado, but uh, you know, I remember the Aussie just won the last tournament. Yeah. So, Junior, are you uh, with opening day on Thursday? Are you planning on going? And do you think the Cardinals can win the division? Yep, I'll be going. Uh, I definitely think we can win the division. Got to be worried about the Brewers, but that's you're going to the game. Yeah, I told you that. 
<laughs> How did you get off work? This is not breaking news. I asked for the afternoon off, and they gave it to me. There you go. I mean, smart kid. I mean, work from home, you can, you know, always have your phone there. I'll be down there, Junior, so of make course. sure you text me. Everybody's going to be there but me. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, PJ's working, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. We got the Mike Kelly company credit card, too, so make sure you no. text me there for a round of drinks. So where are your seats? Yeah. Where are your seats? I'm somewhere in the, not nosebleeds, but up there. Oh, okay. Yeah, well. we're standing room, so we're just planning on walking around and having a good time for sure. Well, there you go. So, so you think so you think the Cardinals are going to win the division? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's us for the Brewers. Um, Got to like your, our chances. Who's your fifth starter? <sighs> Honestly, based on production, I, if Wainwright can pitch like a fifth starter, I'll take it this year. Well, yeah, no, I get that. So you got, you know, Flaherty's out. So you got Wayno, you got Dakota Hudson, you got Miles Michaelis, you got uh, Mats, the the new newcomer. But then they, they, who's the fifth? And so some people think it's going to be Jake Woodford, uh, that Drew Verhagen that we signed out of uh, Japan, or I guess whatever he was over there in the Far East somewhere. Uh, um, but then uh, I've heard some rumblings that they're looking at possibly going with uh, the flamethrower, uh, Jordan Hicks. As an opener every fifth day. How does that grab you? I, I kind of like that, throwing Hicks out there for the first inning. Uh, then I guess you could bring in um, you know, Woodford in for long relief after that and kind of play around with the bullpen. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how Oliver Marmol manages his team. And that was our weekly report from our NFL insider who has much broader interest than just professional football. John Hancock, thanks for joining us. Always take care. When we come back, we're going to shift to a little more serious focus, Braxton. A lot of breaking news in Ukraine over the last day or so. Uh, It's getting, well, it's getting awful. And uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. It's Late Night with Hancock and Kelly on KMOX. About to be a great night. Really good tonight. Yeah, this is one hell of a night. Now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly on KMOX. And welcome back to Hancock and Kelly Late Night, minus the Kelly. He's down in South Florida, rather enjoying himself, I would say. Uh, we got a little update on his dinner for the evening. Sounded lovely. I haven't had dinner myself tonight. I didn't have lunch either, now that I think about it. But, well, that's a story for another day. <laughs> Braxton Payne is alongside sitting in for Michael Kelly. Braxton at Show Me Victories here in St. Louis. He does Democratic campaigns. I do Republican campaigns. We're still friends. Uh, and I think we probably both have similar views on this catastrophe that's taking place in Ukraine. And um, I don't know, I, I assume you've been following the news as we all have uh, about the, the bodies strewn about the street and mass graves and uh, people being bound with their hands behind their back and shot in the back of the head, women being raped and killed and slaughtered, uh, children slaughtered. Uh, it's horrific, and it mm-hmm. we've not seen the likes of this really since World War II, although you can make a case, I think, that Russia employed some of these same kind of tactics in Chechnya and certainly in Syria when they were down there on, on behalf of Assad and keeping his evil regime in power. What are your thoughts about, A, what's happening in the Ukraine, B, what it means for the world order, and C, U.S. policy, are we doing enough, uh, or just what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, number one, I think we're, we are seeing portions of the sanctions working. Uh, you know, I, it brought Putin to the table. You know, they're 
supposed, you know, supposed to be drawing back in certain cities. Um, but I think one of the things that I, I fear as this continues to drag on is fatigue among the United States and the other West, yeah. and in the West, because, you know, when it first started, you had Anderson Cooper over there. You had, you know, everybody on Twitter talking about it. It was part of the national consciousness. And now it's it's, you know, not the first thing on the nightly news. It's the third thing. Um, so how, you know, maybe that is Putin's plan is like, OK, we, we can we can ride this out. But I do think the sanctions are are working. And I, I think you're seeing, you know, I think I've seen pictures of, of Russian grocery stores, you know, with no food. And I, you know, wasn't alive when the USSR was present. But I, you know, I've watched movies. I've studied history. And, and that was what ended up. Uh, you know, the fall of the USSR and the end of the Cold War was because, you know, people couldn't eat. And I think one of the things that I saw recently, um, there was a 60 minute special and, and they, they did a flashback of, of one of the Russian, um, I don't want to say oligarchs, but he went to an unprompted visit in Dallas, Texas of a grocery store. And it was, the, you know, not, you know, not a scheduled state sanction. It was kind of on a whim. And he saw just the, you know, capitalism. Um, at, and, you know, one of the things he took back to, to Russia and he saw that and three, you know, three weeks later he left the communist party and, and, you know, decried and, you know, became, you know, part of the, the new leadership. So I do think you're going to see those types of things when people realize when they can't eat and Kiev is still, you know, still has grocery stores, still has, you know, baristas and coffee shops that are still bustling, even though they're in a wartime, when when Moscow doesn't. Well, the Russians aren't going to see what's happening, really happening in Kiev. And, uh, you know, this thing, the amount of, of disinformation that they're feeding, and this is a scary thing, when a government has this kind of control over the media. I mean, we, we all bellyache about the media, I do all the time, but thank the Lord we have a media that's not controlled by the political class. Uh, because the the amount of power that comes with that is staggering. And, and there are, I heard an account of a, a Ukrainian woman who called her family who lives in Russia. And there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Families that have citizenship in Russia and other members of the family are, are Ukrainian. And, you know, and it was uh, it was an aunt. And she was telling her aunt, and this was in Mariupol, this was a few weeks ago. But she was telling her aunt that what was happening in Mariupol and the aunt didn't believe her. She said, you're making that up, and because she's being fed a steady diet of disinformation by the regime in Russia. Now, that, that's horrific enough. But, but this, uh, this assault on unarmed, innocent civilians, is, it is definitely war crime. Uh, and I think, I think you can make a case that this constitutes genocide. I mean, they, they're not just bombing military facilities. They're taking out entire cities. I mean, to the ground. Um, and this is the most, uh, this is the worst thing that, that I've witnessed in, in warfare. And um, I don't see, you know, they're retreating, but I, I, I don't believe Russia is done trying to take over this country. No. And I, it, the genocide part is, is such a strong word, but it is, that is what it is. Yep. Um, there's no doubt about it for no reason. Um, they are being murdered. Uh, you, you know, we look at back at Bosnia's, you know, I have so many friends from St. Louis and good friends that are second generation Bosnian immigrants. You know, most of them went to Germany that I know lived in Germany for five, six years and then migrated to St. Louis. Um, and just talking to them and talking to their parents and just seeing like the fear that they have. And it's just, I think it's bringing up a lot of memories. Yeah. Uh, 
And that is something that sticks with you for your whole life. You know, like, let's say even if you're in Poland right now, um, the two plus million Ukrainians that have fled to Poland, I mean, that's going to stick on you for the rest of your life. And, and you're seeing mothers in Ukraine write in Sharpie on, you know, their toddlers back, uh, their name, their date of birth, any type of medical issues, just in case their building were to get bombed and their child survived, but they didn't. Well, you mentioned Bosnia, and that was a quarter of a century ago, which is kind of hard to believe, but it was. And Slobodan Milosevic, was he was slated years after the war was over to be tried in a tribunal for war crimes, and he died right before that trial was to start. And we've not really seen those kinds of tribunals since World War II, but Milosevic would have been subject to one. And I think it's, if he survives, I think Vladimir Putin eventually, ultimately, when this thing's over, um, he should be, and probably if he if he is tried, I'm, I'm certain he will be convicted uh, of this just atrocities that he's committing over there. You know, that when this thing started, Brax, I, I thought, you know, let's, okay, let's figure something out. Maybe they can negotiate some kind of non- threatening, you know, truce and and Ukraine won't join NATO and Russia will leave them alone and whatever. No, no, I, that's no longer possible. And uh, I no longer think that anything short of a Ukrainian victory uh, will make much of a difference here. And I think they need to defeat the Russian army and drive them completely out of their country. That, that will send a message. Anything short of that, I, I'm afraid will not send a message. And um, I would have thought it impossible at the beginning of this that the Ukrainian army might be able to put up this kind of a fight, but they certainly appear to be doing it. And if we can supply the materials they need, I think they've got a very strong fighting chance to actually win this thing, and that would be significant. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we've seen is, I mean, I think a lot of the the quote-unquote pundits, even like war experts, were thinking that their capital in Ukraine was going to, you know, fall in within the first weekend. Um, so they've been able to hold it for a long time, and I do think you're seeing the West, He, you know, Zelensky puts out requests, and I, for the most part, um, besides, you know, the no-fly zone, which would, you know, enact probably a war, uh, you know, a third world war. Um, you're seeing drones being sent from the United States, um, things like that. I think one of the things, John, that you brought up to me in, in the break that I haven't really thought about, um, you know, and I think Glover's show mentioned it, like if all the democracies stay united, it's really hard to get through, you know, a different countries and to, t you know, quote unquote, take over the world, which I think, Putin's, you know, egomaniac and who knows what really goes through his brain, but he wants to be known as one of the great leaders of the world, um, you know, like a Stalin or, you know, a Hitler um, is, is how he wants to be viewed. He wants to be viewed in the history books. Um, but you mentioned that, you know, these nationalist states that are members of NATO are, you know, kind of wishy-washy, which I think is kind of interesting. Well, look at Orban in, in Hungary and, uh, you know, they take, I think it's 40% of their oil and gas from Russia. And he has basically stood alone from the rest of NATO in continuing to do as much business with Russia as he can. And he's not condemned them. That's a country that has not expelled Russian diplomats. Most of the other NATO countries have. And he's been, you know, somewhat of a defender of Vladimir Putin. And this is a NATO country. So, you know, as, as united as we want to think NATO has been, it's not united the way it was, say, during the Gulf War or mm -hmm. after 
And uh, that's a little bit concerning. I don't think Putin has designs on the world, but he certainly has designs on when he's through with Ukraine. I think Moldova is next. Romania, a non-NATO country, is next. And I don't think anything stops him from the Baltic states, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, and even Poland at that point. Mm -hmm. And putting the old pieces of that puzzle back together. I think that's probably his ultimate design and lord help us i i hope he fails miserably and i think one of the things that i fear is you know i mentioned at the very beginning of the segment was the fatigue of of among the west you know i'm seeing it even now with conversations you know it's so much like a blame game well you know and it's become sometimes this left right issue which i don't think it should be no you know putin was going to invade he's been planning to invade ukraine since you know, since Barack Obama was president, well, you know, he invaded he did Crimea it. in you know, 2014. And, and, the, and the, I, the the talking point that oh, you just did it because of Joe Biden. Well, you're seeing that he thought he could take over Ukraine pretty quickly. Joe Biden and and the West has come together, given supplies and and propped not propped up because the Ukrainian military has done a great job, but they given have. them the supplies that that is needed. And I my fear is is. We turn this into some revisionist history and and think of it as a political talking point in our own politics, left and right, and in the United States versus this is a global. And it, it, it comes down to me is is critical thinking. We have to think of this as I mean it is a crisis, um, and we can't you know go down to 140 characters in a tweet. That's not what this is about. No, this uh, is it has so much more history and so much more consequences, not only in the short term, but in the long term. It's not so much about, oh, he did it this and, you know, it's got getting a political shot in. And I I fear that I see it sometimes with some people I know. I see it on social media. And I I just fear that we can't go down that road. And it's not an us versus them. It's the world versus Vladimir Putin. And we need to stay united and understand that these policies not only are going to affect us short term with gas prices, for example, here in the United States, but it's going to affect us long term if we allow Ukraine to fall into Putin's hands. Well, we can't. I mean, that, that just can't. That would be the worst possible outcome. This is an assault on the world order that was established after World War II. And you're talking about going into a sovereign nation and just running them over with no provocation whatsoever. And that cannot Stand And, you know, I think there's a reasonable chance that this is World War III, uh, and we just don't know it yet. But we'll, we'll stay tuned. And to your point about people getting desensitized, I'm afraid you're right about that, Braxton, and I hope, I hope we don't lose focus. This is a big deal. When we come back, I saw the most fascinating thread. You know, we all think about these professional athletes are making millions of dollars, and well, what happens to them when they retire? But we'll talk about that next on KMOX. I have been thinking all evening about how to best say this. Now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly on King of OX. And welcome back to KMOX. It's John Hancock. Uh, Braxton Payne alongside with Show Me Victories. And, uh, yeah, uh, what, a, what a night this has been. And we just had a really good conversation about Ukraine. Michael Kelly is on vacation. Shock. Uh, but, you know, Great we song. all look at these professional athletes, and they make a lot of money. I mean, even Albert Pujols signed a contract, you know, a tiny little contract, $2.5 million. Well, I could <laughs> I could make do with $2.5 million. And uh, it's the kind of money that uh, most of us will never see in our lives. And, of course, the better athletes, they're making multiples of that every year, and their careers last long. So you think of them as kind of privileged Athletes, what I've never really thought about, and maybe you have, Braggs, 
Uh, but the number of them that just within a very few years of retirement are broke. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we've heard the stories. J.R. Richard pitched for the Astros. Of course, that was back in the early 1980s. But he ended up sleeping under the bridge outside of the Astrodome where he used to star yeah. pitching. Uh, it's something. Yeah. So, I I mean, I, I have thought about this. There's actually a show uh, on HBO. It was called Ballers. It was with The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, it was the premise of the show was uh nfl players and he was their agent slash like money manager slash you know advisor and it it was you know kind of based on true stories of how you know these superstars coming from a lot of times nothing would just blow their money on huge houses um these trips to vegas everything like that and i i thought the show obviously was had like you know it was kind of comedic undertones it was not a very serious show but it really opened my eyes to think you know okay these people, you know, a lot of times are not making, even if they are making these millions and millions of dollars, you know, they don't have a finance background. It's not like they, a lot of times I wasn't taught, you know, basic checkbook, you know, check balances in school. And then all of a sudden you have three or four million dollars in your account. And of course you want to do everything that you've never been able to do. So they blow the money. So this is uh, Chris Pronger, former Blues great. He's also a Stanley Cup champion a couple times. He's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. He had a 20-year career in the NHL. He took to Twitter. Uh, and this is what he wrote. I just find this fascinating. He said, I was one of the highest-earning NHL players of all time and friends with many other pro athletes. My best guess is that more than half of all pro athletes have financial trouble in retirement. Here's some problems I've seen and some stories. One, athletes tend to be wasteful early in their careers, with your point, Braxton, yep. and think the money train will last forever. Been there, done that. It doesn't. We are only one injury away from retirement. I had a $1 million signing bonus at 18. That's a huge sum for a young adult. Huge. Understanding the magnitude of that was daunting, to say the least. I was lucky to have mentors early on. Many are not as fortunate. When I first turned pro in 1993, a lot of players at that time made around $300,000 a year. Nowadays, the median salary in the NHL is around $2 million a year. On a $2 million salary, there's anywhere from 39 to 56% in taxes, give or take. There's also the agent's fees, 5%. Then there's job-related expenses, a chef or nutritionist for some, off-season trainer, five to $10,000 a month for a house near the practice facility. Athletes can easily spend over $20,000 a month. And since the average career is four seasons, an athlete might have two or three million in savings when they're done. But with spending habits already formed, a few years there will be issues. And in my opinion, this is a fairly optimistic scenario. Yeah, and I think that's why these CBAs are so important because, you know, these league minimums, a lot, you know, most of these players are making league minimums. Right. And, and, and a lot of times their family members will think, oh, he's in the MLB, he's in the NBA, you know, he can help support us. And, and they feel obligated to because they are the superstar of the family. And so, and so, and I think a lot of these teams should, and they do. I know several of professional teams offer money managers um, or advisors to rookies as part of like their orientation per yeah. se into the league. And then, and then, you know, the superstars, you know who the sixth highest player on the Cincinnati Reds is this year? Anybody? The bullpen catcher? No. The <laughs> sixth highest player on the Cincinnati Reds is Ken Griffey Jr. 
They're still wow. paying him $3.8 million oh, a year. He had one of those He's deals. been retired for a long, long time. Well, that's Braxton Payne sitting over there. Kind enough to join us. He'll stick around for another hour. I hope he will, too. Sean Michael Lyle coming up just around the corner. I'm John Hancock, and it's Late Night with Hancock and Kelly right here on The Voice of St. Louis. Has been for 96 years. KMOX. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.